acting out Lesson 12 already, um, so that we can move right into that without uh, skipping a beat, uh, for what it's worth. It's just that it's one, two sides. Lesson 12, you mean? Oh, yes. Okay. I've been told these are in demand here. Hold on one second here. Sorry about that. Oh, I got... (laughs) Okay. All right. So thank you again for your assistance. It was a good week, interesting week, busy, busy week. Um, I don't know how some of you function each week, but uh, my wife and I get our share of busy every week. And it's busy with work stuff and busy with non-work stuff. Amen? It's uh, kind of a a thing that uh, we're getting a little bit used to, but um, we we take our vitamins (laughs) to be able to to deal with these things as they come along. Um, All right, lesson 11. We're going to go ahead and uh, pray. I need to get my Bible up on my iPad real quick. Um, thanks for being here this morning. Thanks for taking this venue as seriously as you do as far as the desire to hear God speak to you uh, in this time of fellowship. It's a different time than coming to church to hear the pastor speak. This is a time where we can put our, our minds and thoughts together in the power of the Spirit and let the Spirit speak to us about what's being spoken and said. Um, I'm just a vessel, and that's all I am, and you are all vessels as well, too, that I trust the Spirit's going to lead to help you to understand what's going on and, and on your own and even help others to understand what's happening. And I also want to give a, a hat tip to those who take the time to put out the Continental Breakfast every Sunday morning. Uh, I don't take it for granted. I really do appreciate it. And if you have an opportunity to tell them yourself, please do so. Let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer, and we'll get started. Father, we just thank you for your presence this morning. We thank you for how you guide us, lead us, direct us, protect us, comfort us upon a moment when we call upon you. Lord, we recognize your presence this morning. We know that where more than two are gathered, you are indeed present. We thank you for that. We thank you for this time that you give us to take a few moments to look at your word and look at what your word has to say to us. Lord, we pray that this time is useful, beneficial. We pray that, Lord, you will be glorified in all things that are said and spoken. And we give you the praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. On page 4, where we were looking at the last section in Lesson 11 about sin. And it's nothing to be glossed over, so I want to cover it, and then we can move into the next lesson as well, too. Yes? Okay. 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 All right. Thank you. Top of page four of lesson 11. If you have some sin you're holding on to, is it worth the isolation and distance you feel from God? 
It's a great question, isn't it? Why or why not? Noticing that there are, depending upon who you are, there may be two answers. Why or why not? This is an honest introspection into how we handle sin. But not just sin in general, but how we handle sin every day. Would you agree or disagree that we sin every day? Yes. I think it's very safe to say that sometimes we sin every day. Well, not sometimes we sin. We do sin every day. And sometimes we sin unconsciously. So if you want to use that as a bit of a, a way of saying, well, it's not as okay that you're sinning unconsciously, but the reality is, is that you in the flesh are always going to be subject to sin. Amen? I'm glad that everyone said amen when they did and it wasn't too quiet. Because that's an acknowledgement of who you are as a person. That is maturity as a believer. That's a mature thing to say. That's a mature statement that you acknowledge that you sin every day, whether consciously or unconsciously. That's true. So if you have some sin you're holding on to, is it worth the isolation and distance you feel from God? Who wants to answer that? Is it worth it? Okay, I heard two or three no's. Why is that? Or why not? Yes. I wasn't going to come today because my daughter's away, so I have to take care of dogs. Okay. I lay there in bed. I said, God's first. True. I'll lay out pads. Yep. Okay, that's a fair comment. All right. So, that's one answer. Anybody else? If you have some sin you're holding on to, note, look at the question again. If you have some sin you're holding on to, is it worth the isolation and the distance? In other words, if you're holding on to it, that means you're not letting go of it. You're not letting it go, so there must be a reason why you're holding on to it. Okay? Now, we've said no, but we're saying now, if, you're, if it, there is no good reason for it, then why are you holding on to it? You see where I'm spinning this? You have to look at this question as it's written and understand that if there is no good reason... Why you're holding on to it, then why are you doing it? Yes. Another way of saying is, uh, what purpose does it serve? What purpose does it serve? That's a good, that's right. So now what this is doing is challenging you as a mature believer about what you view sin to be in your life and how you are reckoning with it and how you're dealing with it. Yes.
Yeah, I was looking at you. Yes. And we were saying how sometimes you're being nice to people, mm-hmm. but all of a sudden that person will be really unkind to you again. And yes. And you're nice again, and you're, they're unkind, and you're like, what mm-hmm. am I doing? You know, you're in yeah. situations, and you're trying to be godly. Right. But after a while, you just want to be like, I'm sick of this person. You know. That's right. But you shouldn't, you know you shouldn't be that way. That's what I was referring to. Well, let's, let's look at that. Let's take that example. Because all of us have had to deal with that very thing at one point or another, where there's a person that maybe they know the Lord, maybe they don't. It doesn't really matter. It, you're still dealing with somebody who, after a while, can be annoying. And you're tired of dealing with that person. Now, you have to understand something. Satan does things, frankly, to get us riled up. Amen? Amen? Okay, and sometimes he works through those very people that we're talking to or dealing with that we are supposedly ministering to. And this is something that makes it even more challenging. And in your mind, it's like, you you know, you, you want to say what's on your mind, but you know you can't say what's on your mind because A, it could still, it could damage your testimony. B, it could cause a response that pushes that person away, and you don't really know what that person is thinking. So you have to kind of bite your tongue, and sometimes that tongue is being bitten until it bleeds. Okay? I'm going to go, I'm going to get, um, and I'll come back to you. Why that person happens to be around with you all the time? Is it a reason that you need to be working this out? Mm-hmm. With the Lord's help, find mm-hmm. some kind of way to communicate with this person. Getting on my nerves. Mm-hmm. Getting on my nerves. That's see. What I'm saying. It's like, why are you interjecting yourself in my life all the time? That's right. I don't want to be around this negative person, but there's a reason. Yep. On our part, that it's there in your life. It could be a coworker. That's right. It could be a coworker that is just whatever. And, Pearl, get you, I, I want to make this point now. This is not in any way an effort for you to put someone else's problems or your own problems off of somebody else. You still need to deal with who you are as a person, even in that. And I'm hoping that, even in this discussion, that you recognize that. Okay, go ahead. And I'm gonna, I'll come over to a relative after that. Yes. That's right. Going back to the father saying, see, I told you she wasn't all mm-hmm. where she said she was, but we have to be cognitive of that. Yep. And, and, and trust me, there are times when you do have that person that won't just words Yep. Nerve and, you, you, mm-hmm. and, and sometimes you're thinking, okay, they might be, they getting the same thing that I'm getting, or they, they, they claiming to get the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you always have to be positive. What always keeps me mm-hmm. balanced is yep. always leave a soul intact. Amen. That you can go back and, and have a witness if that person is on their deathbed or whatnot. That's right. And sometimes it takes that for yeah. maybe the other person 
and because I know he can handle it. Right. I just go to the Lord and just have my fist and say, you know what, this person just don't want my house. That's right. Get it together. That's right. Somehow he will send the word and he'll get you together. Mm-hmm. It's not my responsibility to get that person together. So if I have to go to the Lord a hundred times about the same situation, that's right. Throw a pity party, keep or it or what Just keep going. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> yes. I was just going to say real quickly, there's an old simple saying that when I talk to my daughter, I call them very, very young, that misery loves company. That's right. And that's a very true saying. Mm-hmm. And so this person is trying to make you as miserable yes. as they are. Yes. If, if they can't conquer you because of who you are in Jesus Christ. That's right. Eventually, you're going to retain them to what you like, like mm-hmm. they're going to move on. That's right. There's a real truth to misery, love, comfort. We, we understand that. Understand something else, too. Oh, okay, Debbie. <laughs> I'll come back to you. Go ahead. Did you have your hand up? I'm sorry. Yeah. I, okay. The key thing for us is remembering being filled with the Holy Spirit. Right? Yes. Because we can't, we can't live the Christian life. We cannot, we don't have the power to do it. If we can't right. do it on our own, that's called legalism. That's, you know, I'm, being, okay. I'm being good. But okay. it's God working in me okay. to do this. And I think in terms of our dealing with other people, yep. you know, we have the Son of God who people hate it. Yeah. Amen. Me, Amen. You know, we will never experience the kind of pain and horror that Jesus Christ himself experienced. That's true. So with all that said, I mean, I'm not minimizing difficulties we might have with people, but... It's God's Spirit working mm-hmm. in us to help us mm-hmm. to handle it. That's handle. right. And that's what it means to be filled with the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, that's right. and our goodness. Against us, there is no law. Amen. My point in bringing that up is sometimes I think that I'm witnessing, and in my mind, I feel like I'm really trying to do right. But when that person does it for the 15th time, mm-hmm. that sin, mm-hmm. you see that attitude of, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's where I begin to realize for myself, mm-hmm. they're sending it on my behalf, right? not on this. And so I have to go back and say, Lord, like Pearl said, I know that I'm, I know this person, I understand them, I'm seeing them through your eyes, but I can feel it festering in me. Right. Right. Yes. I think the problem is... Well, that is something. We'll, we'll get to that. But the, the thing is, professing Jesus Christ. And they are supposed to be upstanding Christians and they profess that. But the thing we have to realize is if we want to conquer this, we conquer it in love and mm-hmm. not conquer it mm-hmm. in scripture mm-hmm. and, or even touch them if we yeah. know that they're like this. Just show the love. Just yeah. show the love. Just show the love around Because they're going to have to pray for them because they've got a lot of work on them. Now, Somebody else had? Okay. Just two more because I need to move on. Go ahead, Ed. You had your hand up too? Okay. Um, what a person is and what they strive to be are two different things. Mm-hmm. Not being a finished product and somebody who cries, I have good days and I have bad days. Mm-hmm. And 
the hard part for me sometimes is, is that instead of seeing the spirit behind the person, mm-hmm. I see the person. Right. And the Bible tells us in the New Testament that we strive against That's right. the spirit, things seen and unseen. Mm-hmm. That's what it tells us. That's right. So when I start to get angry, it also tells us to be angry and sin not. Mm-hmm. So it, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that as you get older, you start thinking. Mm-hmm. And um, when people try to push your buttons, mm-hmm. which is what we're talking about right here, mm-hmm. well, you know, that person isn't all that and all that. Even if I should fall, and I do, mm-hmm. I don't stay there because I don't intend on staying there. That's right. Um, the Lord that we serve gives us an opportunity when we fall to come back and spend time with him. So it really ain't about those that don't know the Lord or those that consider testing, uh, testing us. Right. Because they're not test. Nobody can make us fail. Amen. The only person that can make us fail is the one you see in the mirror. And That's we right. don't need any confirmation mm-hmm. from anybody who wants to spend time trying to figure out a way to pick us apart. We can already won. What we're trying to do is get you on the team. Not to say that we're perfect. Not to say that we are all that. Not to say that we're already there. We're just Amen. going a, a better path, mm-hmm. and we're a better person than we used to be. And the thought is, is that we would like you to get on that same path, whether it's here or somewhere else. So the focus mm-hmm. ain't on the person. Mm-hmm. The focus is, is on our each and individual journey. And you just, you're leading into exactly why we just had this exercise. Because ultimately what it comes down to is that if this is not about the other person, it's really about you and your behavior and your attitude. So therefore, why do you hold on to sin? I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah, that's right. Right. That's right. We have to understand that this whole exercise that we just went through is a demonstration of what the flesh does. And when you're dealing with the flesh, you see what happens. So if we're dealing with the flesh and you see what comes back at us and you have this thing that's coming, what are we doing? How are we treating people? How are we responding to people? What are we projecting to other people? They're in the flesh. We're in the flesh. And God has said in his word that we're all the same. We all fall short of the glory of God. We ain't better than somebody else who's given us a hard time. We may be worse. So now what I want you to understand here is that we need to make sure that we are taking care of our own business when it comes to sin. Turn to Acts 3.19. Because there's nothing that you can do about your sin, especially looking at somebody else's life. There is something that we need to do and go back and look at and understand that God enables us through the Holy Spirit, like Debbie said and some others have mentioned in their comments, 
to be able to conquer all of this stuff with love. The only way sometimes you're going to deal with other people in your life who may be depressed, who may not know any better, who may be struggling, Christian or non-Christian. Let's start with that. Forget the label. I don't care if it's a Christian or a non-Christian because that is not a qualifier for this. You have people who know the Lord or don't know. The only thing that they have an advantage of, the ones that know the Lord, is they recognize Jesus as Lord. But that doesn't mean they have got it all together. Just because they profess to be Christian doesn't mean they're Christian. So we also know that that label applies as well, too. When we, Because we talk to people, we're saying, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. I know God, whatever. Okay, so what? You living like a, a pagan. What difference does it make? It doesn't make a difference. People say all kinds of stuff. So now we're going back and really looking at what this love is going to do. But ultimately, this act of love, if you look at Act 3, Acts 3.19, I'll get you one second, Pearl. I'm not, I, just wanna, I don't want to lose this point. Repent, therefore, and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. That's an act of love by God doing that. That's an act of love because there's nothing that we can do to blot our sins out. They remain. We hang on to them sometimes. We have to make a decision to turn away from that sin and allow sin, that sin to be cleansed because God is the one who's taking care of that. That's an act of love. You see how the act of love, even in his forgiveness of our sins, is something that we need to carry before other people. Understanding those people will eventually or sometimes just flat out get on your nerves. And they're going to do that. That's the tough part. They'll get on your nerves. But you need to have love in recognizing that. Okay, I apologize. I wanted to get that point through. You Take the label off. It doesn't even matter. Thank <laughs> you. 
they're waiting for somebody to just meddle in their lives or even just show a piece of love. Yep. One thing I have learned about young people, they're really waiting for us older people to just step mm-hmm. up and mm-hmm. give some truth sometimes. That's and, true. And he, he was not offended at the end. I gave him some other numbers where he could call to get some stuff for the babies he needed. But he said, ooh, he said, you just gave me the truth on the welfare line. Truth on the welfare line. Yeah. After all is said and done, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where they come from. We label everything because it's a way for us to identify. So it's part of our nature to do that. It's not anything more or less than that. It's a way of identifying. The problem with that is, is that God doesn't put a label on anything when it comes to who we are as people. We're still people. We're still in the flesh. We're black, white, whatever, but we still sin. And we still need a savior. And that applies to all of us. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, I'm sorry. I just got to say this real quick. Um, I think there's no substitution for love. There is no substitute. Because we're human. Yeah. So we feel touch. Mm-hmm. And we feel emotion. Mm-hmm. And so if you can talk to somebody all day, but if you don't touch them, mm-hmm. they don't feel you. That's right. I don't how much scripture, scripture you go in front of their face. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. They feel touch. They feel love. You can tell a child, like I was telling Donnie, all day long, I love mm-hmm. you, I love you, I love you. Mm-hmm. But if you don't touch them, mm-hmm. they don't know love. Amen. They just know those words. They know the words. So words sometimes are small. Mm-hmm. It's touch that makes a difference. Gentlemen, what is the best thing you can do for a wife who's having a hard day? Give them a hug one of the best things you can do and that's something that we have to recognize that that's a a gesture of love but we need to understand that love is what is we're talking about here and how how god deals with us god deals with our inconsistencies our iniquity by just saying just turn repent turn back look to him and he's going to take care of your sin don't hold on to your sin won't you enjoy times of refreshing in god's presence It's so much more gratifying than the temporary buzz of sin. And I added an exclamation point there because that is all that sin really is. It's a temporary buzz. It's really, it really is. That is what it is. But it's much more gratifying to be nearer and closer to God long term. And as we mature as believers, we understand that. And as we mature as believers, we also learn to Cut the other person that's giving you such a hard time some slack because we know we ain't got it all together. We're still working on ourselves. And the thing that we should be doing is just praying for that other person. We're praying for the spirit to intervene in some cases and interject in that person's life and deal with whatever it is that's causing so much stress. Whether, whether it be just a stubbornness, a steadfastness, not looking anywhere outside of themselves. Maybe it's a long pity party. The Spirit has to intervene. You can't do nothing about that. You have to pray for that other person. So that's how you deal with that. 
And while you're praying for that other person, you're praying for yourself as well, too. Lord, forgive me for something I may have done or said to that person to offend them. Forgive me for my words, because remember what we said earlier? We sometimes sin consciously and unconsciously. And so we need to take care of all of that with ourselves. Amen? Okay. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what do the following scriptures say you gain by repenting from sin and being restored to a fuller understanding of God's presence? Go to 2 Corinthians 3.17. Because this is a Bible class, we are going to look at more than one scripture here and, and make sure that we're taking all of this in. This is a great passage. It actually is right in line with John 8.36, and we'll cover that in one second. But look at 2 Corinthians 3.17. Now what does it say? We're looking at the passage. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 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 John 8.36 says a similar thing when Jesus spoke about those who are free in the Lord are free indeed. Freedom. Freedom. Now, it's not freedom to sin. Amen? It's not free to do whatever you want to do. But what you need to understand is that because of the fact that you can go to the Lord, repent and recognize that your sins will be blotted out, that's a freedom. You're no longer a slave to sin. You are free in Jesus Christ. So when we look at this passage, what do you gain by repenting from sin and being restored to a fuller understanding of God's presence? I can have what? Freedom. That's the key word in this passage. Freedom. I can have freedom. Do you understand that people who struggle with sin or a lifestyle of sin are in bondage? They may not even realize it, but that's even an ultimate deception in itself. They're in bondage. They have to literally trust someone long enough to break that cycle. And the most important one to trust is Jesus Christ. And then other people who rally around the other person to help them along, to help break that cycle, break that chain of bondage. You know, when you hear songs about breaking that chain, breaking the chain, chain of what? It's a chain of bondage. It's bondage. Ignorance. Is bondage. One of the greatest things that we can do as a society is to help educate people. And not just in the classroom, but educate them with common sense. That breaks the chain of bondage as well, too, because a lack of common sense or a lack of education is a tool for Satan for people to sin. Because they're exposed to only those things that will really just truly bring them down. 
If Satan's all about destroying people, that's exactly what he wants to do. Let's look at another passage. Psalm 1611. Psalm 1611. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So look at that passage. What do you have when you're seeking Jesus Christ? Joy, fullness, and pleasure. I can have joy, I can have fullness, I can have pleasure. Who doesn't want that? And direction. Who doesn't want that? Who would not want that? Do you see why we're having this conversation about why are you holding on to sin if you can have joy, pleasure, fullness, direction? Key words there, joy and pleasure. I mean, the thing we have to understand, too, is that Satan wants to tell you that you don't have joy and pleasure by following the Lord. That's boring. Why would you want to do something like that? Well, you can have more fun and get a buzz. That's what he's trying to tell you. But if you remember what scripture says where Satan is a liar and the father of all liars, why are you living in bondage believing lies all the time when you can be living in joy and pleasure and truth? It's a fair question, isn't it? I want that joy and freedom, don't you? My sweet puppy hid. She couldn't see us, so she thought we couldn't see her. This is Jennifer Rothschild talking. Though she hid, I saw her. She couldn't see me, but I was there begging her to come out. Shame, suffering, and sin often want to make, make us want to hide or make us feel like God is hidden from us. Come out from hiding. He sees you. He is with you. Now, I'm going to mention this only because it just popped in my head. Please understand something. You can come to church every Sunday and say that you're following the Lord and living like the Lord and put on this facade and and be an actor or an actress. But I'm going to tell you something right now. You ain't fooling God if you're not living that way during the week. Amen? Amen? So you have to decide. The general comment. Nobody being directed to. It just popped in my head. I'm just mentioning it for the sake of mentioning it. Coming to church on Sunday does not absolve you from this conversation about sin. It doesn't do a daggone thing. You're just living a life of pretending. We don't need pretenders in the body of Christ. Amen? We need folks who are sincerely seeking the Lord. You're going to mess up. We've already said that at the beginning class. You're going to sin anyway. But don't be a pretender. Don't cradle. Don't hang on to it. Don't say it's part of my life when I'm not here. Don't act differently here than you would there. That's a decision that you have to make 
And if it's anything, if, if you have to get prostrate on the floor before God to do it, then that's what you need to do. In other words, don't be the person who gets so into their sin that basically now they're a captive of it. We read in Scripture how God just says, Return, repent, turn to him, and he blots your sins out. Still got to do it. Yeah. Because it justifies our anger and our wrath. Aha. And I think sometimes we want to throw that justification mm-hmm. so we actually do the opposite yeah. versus really humbling ourselves and saying, no, it's wrong. When you get angry, you understand that you're at a precipice. There's a place where you have to make a decision. Because you can make a choice to sin or not sin at that point. God is giving you the out by saying you can get angry. And it needs to be a righteous anger. Let's start with that. Okay? But you have an out there where he's saying be angry, but he says, but do not sin, which is what was brought up earlier. So now we're talking about a response. We're saying don't sin. Okay, you might be mad as all get out. Don't sin. That requires humility. Humble hearts. Humble thoughts. Okay. The world's mantra is fake it until you make it. That's, oh, that's old. You're going back in the 70s now. Are they still saying that? They're still saying it. Fake it till you make it? Yeah. Okay. Fake it till you make it. Okay. Well, well, with that in mind, I'm going to go to Psalm 139. Turn to that real quick. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. In dealing with your sin, or dealing with our sin, you got to look at it from two perspectives. One, are you acknowledging it's sin to yourself? Mm-hmm. And you want to make a self-improvement. Or is it the convicting power of the Holy Spirit who is convicting you of the sin that you can go right to the Word of God and see it? This is wrong. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to fall into the line of obedience to God and confessing that. Because we're dealing with sin for the thing of betterment rather than conviction. Does that make sense? Okay, yeah, it sure does. We cannot hide from God. Amen? Cannot hide from God. Psalm 139.7 says, Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? You can't run from him. You can't hide from him. 
the darkest place in the darkest room, in the darkest closet, he can still find you. Amen? Amen. And drop down, I'll get you one second, and drop down to verse 18. If I would count them, they are more than sand. I awake and I am still with you. He is still with you. He is with you at all times. Okay. So keep that in mind. Yes, and we're... Yeah. Sometimes you have to recognize that you have your time, but we are operating on God's time. God's time. We want stuff to happen right away. We, we are wired that way because that's who we are. I mean, that's, that's our expectation. And what we have to understand sometimes, that it, in the scheme of things, if you're looking at it, the only way you really understand it is if you live long enough to see it. Sometimes you have to pray for somebody for 20 years. You have to pray for a person for 20 years. You always want to understand that it's in God's timing. You don't, don't think for a moment that God does not hear your prayer, number one. He does. He does indeed hear your prayers, but the problem that we have to now interject in that is we need to be humble, humble enough to understand that God has got this all under control. And it's his desire, if it's his desire to get people saved, he will work it into his plan overall to do so. Even if it takes 20 years. And sometimes it's just going to take 20 years of prayer. Now the challenge for us is staying with the prayer. Because we will say, I don't want to pray anymore. I actually remember an old seminar thing where someone mentioned it, that very same thing. I'm tired of praying. I don't want to pray anymore. You guys are beautiful, what you're doing here. The Spirit is working amazing and bringing stuff to mind. But we have to come back and humble ourselves and say, you know what? You're not praying is not going to solve anything. If anything, it's going to make you feel worse. Because God already knows what needs to be done for this other person. But it sometimes takes years. Hey, if it happens right away, praise the Lord. But we know that that's not really, really realistic sometimes. And I was actually talking about the person themselves. Yeah. Yep. Frustration back, and, and I yep. have been praying, and I want to, you know, better, and, and, and yep. I don't want this to irritate. I don't want this person to irritate me, or this thing to irritate me, or this sin. So, and I, and you know, you get frustrated, you know. Absolutely. For me, what I learned to do, but God taught me, like you said, over time, I got to the point where I would begin to say, Lord, show me the root of the issue. Show me my heart, because. I Amen. Something's not get, something's not connecting, right? Yeah. Like I forgive you. Mm-hmm. But every time you come near me inside, my insides are like this. Mm-hmm. Which tells me it's not taken care of yet. Right. I shouldn't have that feeling. Right. And eventually, he worked it out where it was something in me. Usually, he's trying to teach me something. That's right. And then once I get that resolved, mm-hmm. then it's literally like it's gone. Yeah. Like you said, the stronghold, like it's broken. It's broken. Sometimes I don't see the root. He sees the root. 
but I don't really get it. I'm looking at the surface stuff. He has to teach all of us. We're all being taught all the time, amen? You've got to be a good student. You can be a bad student by getting instruction and not paying attention to it. In the midst of looking at other people's, OP, other people's problems, whatever it is. Is that what OPP means? I don't know what it is. Something else. That's a terrible thing, isn't it? Okay. We don't want to go there. All right. Never mind. Just forget that. <laughs> it's time to go. Understand that we need to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves. Allowing God to teach us in the midst of us discipling other people. Amen? Okay. I'm going to pray now. Thank you. Well, at, least, at least we ended the class on a laugh. That's, that's good. Father, we thank you for this time that you've given us to have just good discussion about how you are just working through us. We thank you for helping us to recognize that we don't need to hold on to sin because there's no benefit in doing so. We would much rather have a relationship with you that's glorifying to you, edifies you, where we experience joy in your presence. We thank you for those promises in Scripture that give us that. We thank you for being present at all times. Help us, Lord, to deal with these things day to day that come up. Help us, Lord, to remain humble before you, to humble ourselves. And help us to remember your word that we don't want to sin against you. We just thank you for all those things. We pray now for the upcoming message and the speaker. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. We will actually start next week with lesson number 12. If you don't trust yourself and you don't want to hold on to it, you can give it back to me and I'll hand it out next time. Otherwise, just hang on to it and we'll give